1: Tell her to call Cyril Wecht. Yeah, the mayor of Washington, D.C., Muriel Bowser, uh, released an edict today. She said that people in D.C. are required to change their underwear every day and that they'll have to wear their underwear on the outside so that it can be... Oh, wait, she didn't say that. Uh, What she actually said was... Everybody has to wear a mask at all times, including outside. Here's the quote. Basically, what it says is if you leave home, you should wear a mask. That was in a press conference today. This means if you are waiting for a bus, you must have on a mask. If you are ordering food at a restaurant, you must have on a mask. If you're sitting in a cubicle in an open office, you must have on a mask. So there you go. If you're in D.C., wear a mask. I don't know if that means out on the bike path, out walking your dog. Anyway, at least a month ago, a Dr. Cyril Wecht was on this very radio program, and when I asked him about an edict from His Excellency Tom Wolfe and Aunt Rachel at that time about wearing masks, he laughed out loud. But here we are in the middle of July, and people are still being asked to wear a mask when they walk out the front door. Now, just When is the insanity going to end? Uh, there's going to be some insanity tonight because Major League Baseball will open the season, and that means that they'll be playing the National Anthem in empty stadiums. That's completely insane, as I've been saying ad nauseum here for a couple of days. It just it drives me insane. It's so stupid. But uh, up in Boston, uh, a 250-foot banner with the words Black Lives Matter written on it showed up outside at Fenway Park, it's pretty impressive, really big, can't miss it. The Red Sox are showing everybody just how woke they are. You were going to see those or you are going to see those uh, three words everywhere if you watch sports, whatever sports we do end up having. And if you have to wonder how many of the people who put those uh, I, I, you do have to wonder, I should say, how many of the people who put those words on display actually know what the organization stands for. We've talked about it quite a bit here. It's uh, a Marxist organization, and it's anti-family and lots of other things. We're going to talk about that tonight with Professor Wilford Riley of Kentucky State University. He's been on here a couple of times before. He's written a book uh, 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 about um, Black Lives Matter, and he's written a book about uh, called Taboo, with The Ten Things You're Not Allowed to Say uh, or Think, and, um, and also Hate Hoax. Uh, So uh, he talks a lot about uh, black issues. He's a black uh, man, and he's a professor at Kentucky State University, Wilford Riley. Uh, And we're going to talk a lot about baseball. John Parada has been uh, writing about baseball for 30 years, and we're going to do a little sports. He's going to join us after the break to talk about what it's like covering baseball now and what to expect in this baseball season, including how long it'll last. We'll do that when we come back. Stick around. Uncle Tom is a movie that leftist Democrats don't want you to see, which, of course, is one big reason why you should want to see it. Uh, Uncle Tom stars Larry Elder, Candace Owens, Herman Cain, and Brandon Tatum. Now, they all share three things in common. They're courageous, they had a life-changing experience, and they are black conservative Americans. Something else they have in common? Their voices are the ones the leftists don't want you to hear at a time when so many desperately need to hear it. It's their stories of how their lives were changed when they finally figured out the truth. It's the story of black conservatives in their own voice. You can see Uncle Tom now on pay-per-view. Just go to UncleTom.com and download it. The stories that these courageous people have to tell will shock you. Their journey will amaze you. It's a story of redemption and hope. It's the story of America's black conservatives, and it's the truth. See Uncle Tom now. Just go to UncleTom.com.
2: Hey, are you guys open?
0: Yeah, yeah, we are. Come on in. As businesses reopen across the nation... Is your business prepared for what comes next? Salem Surround can help. COVID-19 brought America's thriving economy to a screeching halt. But now, local businesses are getting back to normal and families are getting out to shops, stores, and restaurants. Are you ready for the return to business and all that pent-up consumer demand? Business recovery plans should be ready to go right now. The marketing team at Salem Surround is ready to help so you don't waste a minute or a dollar recapturing market share. We'll help design your recovery plan targeting potential customers with proven marketing strategies with everything in our toolkit working for you digital audio mobile even audience engaging contests and promotions contact salem surround for a free evaluation of your digital marketing plan learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com
3: surroundpittsburgh.com connecting you with new customers
0: You've heard
4: all the lies about President Trump. Trump is a racist. Trump is Putin's pet. Here's the truth. Trump is the most effective conservative president that America has had in decades. And every lie they spread about him is targeting you. This is Kurt Schlichter, and my new book is called The 21 Biggest Lies About Donald Trump and You. It does what no other book does. It knocks down the 21 biggest lies about our president with facts and logic and humor. Trump obstructed justice. Trump hates immigrants. These are big lies. And the reason for the lies is simple president trump is the first president in a long time to stand up for the constitution and for conservative principles and when the left wants to tear down everything this country stands for my new book the 21 biggest lies about donald trump and you explains why this president's courage and common sense are exactly what we need today this is the most important book of the year read it and you'll agree the 21 biggest lies about donald trump and you by me kurt schlichter get it wherever books are sold
1: Hey John Stoggerwald here. I'm just here to tell you how much I love my pillow and how it's changed my sleep. Check out the new mattress topper. That's really amazing. Now, I don't know if I love my pillow or the my pillow mattress topper more. Get a my pillow mattress topper and get some of the best sleep of your life. Now it comes with a ten year warranty and a cover that's washable and dryable. And it's made in the USA and backed with Mike Lindell's 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com and save 30%. Use promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087. When you do, Mike gives you two standard MyPillows free. That's MyPillow.com, promo code STAG, or call 800-716-8087. For the best
5: night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit mypillow.com.
0: Over the past decade, hundreds of broadcast ministries have multiplied their listenership through a partnership with OnePlace.com, the largest online Christian broadcast platform. Here's Greg Laurie.
3: By partnering with OnePlace, we've been able to expand our online ministry in a way that complements our current web strategy for maximized outreach and impact. Steve Arterburn.
0: Through our partnership with One Place. We've been
6: able to grow our online ministry in ways that Well, we just never would have been able to do it otherwise.
0: John MacArthur. This is a partnership we enjoy and for which we thank the Lord. Colin Smith. Our partnership with OnePlace.com has multiplied our ministry effectiveness. We're reaching new listeners every day. And Dr. David Jeremiah.
3: Many of the new listeners we reach here each day through OnePlace are now faithful ministry supporters.
0: Introduce your message to the largest online Christian audience on the web. Visit us today at OnePlaceRadio.com to learn how. That's oneplaceradio.com. Traveling internationally may not have been a priority for you in recent weeks. But as our country and others around the world start to reopen, we're confident it will be safe to travel to the Holy Land this December. Israel has already reopened to the public while maintaining safe social distancing. In fact, an independent organization recently rated Israel as the number one country on its COVID-19 safety ranking. There is no better time than now to sign up to join Dr. Sebastian Gorka and Mike Lindell from MyPillow on the Stand with Israel tour this December 2nd through 11th. Visit the Answer PG com keyword Israel, to register. Seize the moment to celebrate life, freedom, and your faith by signing up to visit the inspiring Holy Land. Here's the best part. If for any reason you can't go, cancel without a penalty between now and August 14th. Reserve your spot today and travel to Israel this December with Dr. Sebastian Gorka and Mike Lindell. Visit theanswerpgh.com, keyword Israel. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The Answer.
1: Baseball season starts tonight, not in Pittsburgh, but it starts tonight. Uh, I've been saying all along that I'll believe it when I see it. I guess I'm going to see it tonight, um, then I guess I'll believe it. I also guess the question is, will they make it through 60 games? Whatever happens, it's going to be different. John Perato has been covering baseball for over 30 years. You can find his stuff at Forbes.com and lots of other places. We'll tell you the other places in a little bit. Uh, he joins us now. John, thanks for being here. Oh, good to be with you, John. So, uh, let's start with uh, what you wrote about for Forbes.com today. How strange were those exhibition games for you? To co- I mean, for a guy who's covered baseball for 30 years, covered some pretty big games with some big, pretty big crowds and some small ones, uh, but uh, some pretty big games, and you're a baseball lover. What, what? How strange was it covering those games at PNC Park?
6: It was really weird. I I wasn't able to go to the Saturday game, but uh, I I can't imagine how much different than last night's game with the Indians and the Pirates. It's just, just weird. Uh, You know, I I guess in a lot of ways it reminds you of like an inner squad game being played in spring training when there's just a handful of fans there. Uh, The intensity level's not really that much, but It's not an inter-squad game. It's a a real game, or at least an exhibition game between two different teams. It didn't have that feel of a big league game. Maybe tomorrow night it will in St. Louis. I don't know, but certainly for the dress rehearsal part of it, it just didn't really feel like being at the ballpark for an actual game. It just felt like it was just a day of practice like they would early in spring training.
1: You mentioned in your piece that the crowd noise, which... I thought it was dumb uh, watching it on TV, but uh, the crowd noise is kind of strange if you're if you're actually at the game and and you were there watching the game. But I just wonder what it's like for a player hearing that fake crowd noise pumped into the into the stadium, into the ballpark.
6: You know, most most of the people players I've talked to seem uh, not to really be that excited about it. They realize it's fake, that it's canned, and you know, and I, I think they'll probably get you, well, they'll have to get used to it. They have no other choice. But I think if the players had their brothers, they would either play in quiet or just have music playing you know, over the public address system while the game was going on. But, yeah, I mean, it, you can really tell when you're in the stadium how contrived it is. I mean, it just seems mm-hmm. weird. You hear, like, background noise, crowd noise, and you look out at the stands and there's a the, Six people there, four photographers and two security guards. So I mean, there's nobody make actually making noise, and it just it just seems so fake, which it is. But uh, and, and you know the the, uh, the sound system people there certainly spring training for them. Uh, Josh Bell hit a home run last night. Yeah, the ball rattled around in the top row of the right field stands, and the crowd noise didn't come on after he touched second base. So. <laughs> The, the crowd was slow to acknowledge him. Yeah. Did, did he tip his
1: cap or anything when he came over to the to the crowd? Or no,
6: he he should have. But I did notice it seemed like he got a, a better fake ovation his next time up the bat than any of the other players did.
1: <laughs> so I uh, I did Here's minor me. league baseball play uh, radio. I did a minor league baseball radio play by play for three years, and my first year. Um, I mean, and I did, I did the games in Charleston, West Virginia, when the Pirates AAA team was there. And we drew 70,000 people, like 72,000 people for the season. They play 70 games. so, And they have like two or three promotions a year where they f- flood the area with free tickets and three or 4,000 people showed up. So we averaged less than 1,000 people a game, and that was a pretty good-sized ballpark. So I, I know what the uh, the announcers are going to feel like trying to do. I mean, when you when you when you describe a home run, you talk about strange. You describe a home run and a home game. You know, Charles, Mitchell Page would hit a home run for Charleston, and I'd call it, and I was all excited, and you'd hear. Individual people clapping down along, <laughs> along, the, along the third base line is quite a different atmosphere from what. And then, you know, I go to towns like Rochester and Syracuse where they had big crowds, and it was like being in a baseball game. But So I know how it feels, you know, to have nobody there.
6: Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, the Pirates don't draw well on April and September during weeknights, especially like Tuesday, early in the week, Tuesday right. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays. But even then, there's still at least a smattering of people there. So, I mean, yeah. I know it. it <laughs> there's not many, but at least it seems like well, this is a real ball game, even if there's just a couple thousand people actually in the seats. But uh, yeah, this is just weird. I, I mean, without it's hard to really describe it. To fans, without them actually being there, and obviously they're not going to be there, but it's just very, very weird. Uh, You know, it might, uh, like I said, on TV it looks a little different. It looks like a regular game, except with no fans, but it just has a totally different feel to it inside the ballpark.
1: Yeah, and I I wonder what uh, if if they if they do have a hockey season and a football season. I'm still not convinced that anything's going to happen. But uh, if they are able to have a hockey season, uh, what hockey will be like, where you know there there are, there are noises during a baseball game—the the ball hitting the glove, the pitchers you know the pitch hitting the catcher's glove—and obviously the bat on the ball. But there aren't many other noises during the game. But you know, in a hockey game, you're going to hear all the skates, you're going to hear all the, the the sticks banging, you're going to hear the screaming and yelling on the on the benches. I don't know if that's going to be good or bad. but It's going to be strange, isn't it?
6: Well, It's going to be really weird, like you said. You know, it's one of those things when. You know, when you're in the crowd of the arena, you never hear an actual skate. So it's something, if you go to practice, yeah. you, hear, you hear the sounds of it. And I guess and I would think yeah. when the NBA starts up, there's going to be a lot of uh, bouncing basketball sounds off the floor noises, too. Yeah, that's the other one. That's,
1: that's true, too, yeah. yeah. It, it's it, going really, to be really, really strange. And how about football with, uh, you know, uh, uh, an 80 yard touchdown run in silence? There's yeah. not going to be any noise. I thought about that.
6: It's, I thought about that the other day. I thought, yeah, what happens, you know, the home team intercepts a pass and runs it back for, like, 50-yard yeah. touchdown and people will be going crazy and uh, it's going to be nothing. It's going to be like, a, you know, like, a, like a drills at Latrobe La for training camp, you know, the couple except even there you have at least a few people <laughs> in the stands making some noise. That won't even happen. to be like a closed practice.
1: We're talking to John Perato. He's been covering baseball for 30 years. Uh, I saw your piece at Forbes.com today. Where else are you writing stuff, uh, John?
6: Uh, Actually, for uh, USA Today, for their Sports Weekly magazine, I'm doing stuff for them and uh, a couple other places. But right now, those are my two, and also Baseball Digest. I do a story every issue uh, for that magazine, which has been around forever.
1: You're a baseball guy. And uh, spring, and in this case, uh, it includes summer training, uh, records don't mean anything but uh the pirates went three and 21 i think it was in the uh pre and summer training do you remember them being i know it doesn't mean anything the records uh you know they're not supposed to but come on three and 21 is that something that uh that that, that i don't think you've seen that before
6: no no i haven't that's it's even in, in games that don't matter it's kind of hard to only win three out of 24 in baseball uh yeah, I don't know how much cause for alarm it is, but you know, I will say I didn't think they were going to be very good anyway. When there's going to be a 162 game season, and and that really hasn't changed even in a 60 game season, when theoretically yeah. every team has a, a better chance in a shorter season. I just don't think they have the talent to contend. And now you're missing your closer, Keller, You're missing the your right fielder, Burger Polanco. You're missing your two best arguably your two best starting pitchers with Tyron and Archer. And I don't see a team that wasn't very good at full strength. How with missing those many key guys, how they're going to be able to be very competitive this year.
5: Yeah,
1: it's not going to be very uh, competitive, I don't think. It might might be ugly. Baseball used to be my favorite sport to cover because uh, baseball used to be my favorite sport. But uh, I I love the... Everydayness of it, uh, you know, the access to the players and the manager every day, hanging around uh, the batting cage, and those kind of things uh, that you get every day that you don't really get in every in any other sport. That's gone with the virus, isn't it? You're just the it access is. and the feel.
6: Yeah, and that was really strange because a lot of what I do is predicated on building relationships for, to uh-huh. make stories better, to get you know little news tips, whatever. And it felt funny last night not to be able to go into either clubhouse either before or after the game and you know talk to players, even if it wasn't for a formal interview, just to see what's going on, say hello, touch base. Terry Francona, who I've known basically my whole life, uh, was there at the Indians as the manager. I couldn't go down and and see him for a couple minutes before or after the game. Uh, You know, I haven't talked to Derek Shelton in person since the uh, beginning of spring training when I was there the first week, so... You know, it's just very, very, in person. I've talked to them on the phone and teleconference calls, but it's just very, very odd, and it really really makes what we do uh, a little bit harder. But everybody's job has pretty much changed here in the last few months, so uh, that's just kind of the way the world's gone right now.
1: Now, they put the DH in for the National League uh, in the shortened season. What was it about COVID-19 that, made the D H more appealing to the National League. What why why does that have to why did that change anything?
6: Well the rationale from Major League Baseball for what it's worth is they thought because the season would be this I should say spring training was shorter, the second version of spring training, that pitchers would probably not be in as good a shape as they would be if there were a normal six or seven week spring training. And they thought having them hit might put them at risk of injury. So that was the rationale behind it. But I think what the real rationale is, is, you know, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of people in baseball, owners for one, that hold their breath every time a $20 million pitcher goes up the bat and takes a goofy swing at a pitch. And, and a lot of the players too, the pitchers are totally disinterested about 85% of them in hitting. And I Uh think uh, they want to see if the DH works in both leagues. And I I have a feeling the DH will be here to stay in the National League.
1: That's where it's headed. Yeah, that's what I think. Um, Are the players happy with that? Would the players rather have the DH? Yeah, I mean, there's some pitchers like Stephen Broad, who's uh, a pretty good hitter. In
6: fact, he'd make a pretty strong case he's a better hitter than a pitcher for the Pirates. Uh, You know, I know like he's Bum Madison, Bum Garner, who pitched for the Giants all those years. And now in Arizona, he has... I believe it's 18 or 19 career home runs, so obviously he's going to miss hitting. But I think most of the pitchers, you know, John, they've been so specialized. They've been pitchers only yeah. from the time they were very young that a lot of these kids never hit. They were DH'd for from the time they were in Little League all the way up, you know, through yeah. high school, college ball, American Legion, whatever. They just, you know, who they don't hit. And then they come into pro ball, and you're supposed to hit a guy throwing 98 miles an hour when you've barely swung a bat for the last 12 years.
1: And I, and I got to ask you about the new rule for extra inning games. Everybody may not know about this. Uh, they start the 10th inning with a runner on second base. But that, you know, he didn't get there, except they just placed him there. Explain that, and yeah. how's that going to work? I think it's dumb. But well,
6: that's me. this is their idea to try to end games earlier and try not to avoid 16, 17, 18 inning games. Uh, they're each in, a half inning, once you get the extra inning, starts with a runner on second base and nobody out. So. It's, if there's ever been a gimmicky rule, you know, I know people say that DH is DH almost seems like traditional baseball compared to this uh,
1: yeah.
6: this uh, rule. And I mean, I'm open to try different things because this year, because obviously this season's not going to be a normal yeah. season. So if there's a year, maybe try a few different things. This is it. But to me, that this is pretty ridiculous. I uh, I don't uh, I don't like that at all. And then when they get back to the postseason, they're going to play regular. Baseball, an extra inning. So my, my thought is, if you're going to have this stupid rule in the regular season, yeah. why don't you have it in the playoffs too?
1: Yeah, I only have about a minute left, um, and I'm up against a hard break. But but the thing about the the, the guy on second base, if you were the um, visiting team, and you, aren't you gonna aren't you gonna uh, as soon as you get the first out, aren't you going to walk? Or I, I think I, I'd walk the first guy up every inning. I'd get the force what, What's the difference? You got a guy on second, put a guy on first.
6: Yeah, I think you're right. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how these guys handle the the uh, rule, the managers, because most of them have never managed to in this kind of situation. Right. This is more amateur baseball related, so I don't know. It's, that is one thing I will say. As much as I don't like it, I am interested to see what the strategy the different managers employ in, in that
1: situation. Hey, I'm, I'm out of time, John. I really appreciate you doing this. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit baseball and I almost got through the whole thing without mentioning COVID-19. That's always a good thing. Well, I'm glad. Thanks for being on. My pleasure, John. Thanks for having me. All right, that's John Perrano. You can check him out at Forbes.com, USA Today, and lots of places. Good baseball, man. We'll be right back.
3: With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Arizona has topped 3,000 deaths from the coronavirus. The State Health Services Department reporting 89 new deaths. That brings the statewide total since the outbreak began to 3,063. Governor Doug Ducey facing a deadline to decide whether bars and gyms can reopen. All cadets at the Air Force Academy will return to the Colorado Springs campus in the fall, making the university one of the first in the country to return during the pandemic. Southwest Airlines says it will not allow health waivers to its face mask rule. Only children under two will be exempt from the requirement to cover their mouth and nose during flights. Wall Street stumbling today, undercut in part by a discouraging reports showing that layoffs are picking up across the country. The Dow dropped 353 points. The Nasdaq was off 244. The S&P down 40. This is SRN News.
5: Call
0: 1-800-936-5496. That's 1-800-936-5496. Dan Prof says the stats don't live up to the
4: hype. As noted Stanford epidemiologist John Unites has said, if you're under 45 years old, your chances of dying of COVID-19 are almost zero. And yet we have melodramatic op-eds in the New York Times from teachers suggesting that going back to school is Russian roulette with their lives. It just is not
0: supported by the evidence. The Dan Proft Show. Weeknights at 9 at a.m. 1250. The Answer. The Answer Pittsburgh celebrates the high school class of 2020. And we'd like to reward your college-bound seniors' achievement during our Senior Spotlight Sweepstakes presented by Salem Media Group. Enter now through August 20th for a chance to win a $500 School package. Click the contest banner at theanswerpgh.com and upload a photo of your senior with a short bio of their future plans. Then, Friday, August 21st, one lucky senior will win a $500 school package. The Senior Spotlight Sweepstakes, brought to you in part by Salem Media Group, Salem Surround, and this station. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy & Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy & Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. This is John Samick, owner of ServiceMaster of Greater Pittsburgh. Our specialty cleaning services can provide the peace of mind your customers and employees need when you reopen your facility. Contact us today.
5: The man, the yellow van called
0: Service Master. This is John Samick, owner of Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. We have developed a comprehensive facility reopening guide for businesses preparing to re-enter the workplace. Visit Servicemaster of GreaterPGH.com to download yours today. AM twelve fifty and fm ninety two point five. The answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart or radio.com. Stuck in traffic, we've got the answer.
5: Heavy delays continue on the outbound Parkway. East, crawling along Boulevard of the Allies out to Edgewood. Swissville could be up to a half hour for that delay. Inbound also looking just a little bit busy as you approach the Squirrel Hill Tunnel and into the Fort Pitt Bridge. On the Parkway West, also a little slow into the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Watch out for an accident, Liberty Avenue at 17th Street and Liberty Bridge Outbound. That's seeing some delays as well as you make your way up to P.J. McArdle Roadway. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson.
0: AM 1250, the answer,
3: weather.
2: Mainly cloudy with a shower or a thunderstorm around tonight. Low 66, a passing morning shower tomorrow. Otherwise, partly sunny, high 84. Clear tomorrow night, low 65. Partly sunny on Saturday, high 86. Mainly clear Saturday night, low 65. Some sunshine on Sunday, high 89. With your active Weather Forecast, I'm Jonathan Reed.
0: You're listening to the John Stagger Show on AM 1250. The answer.
1: Well, as you heard in our last segment, Major League Baseball opens uh, a facsimile of a season tonight, and we may be seeing the NBA soon and the NHL. The NFL might be a different story. We'll see. There's stuff going on with that, actually, right now. But something we are going to see a lot of in whatever sports do materialize and stick around are the words Black Lives Matter. Those words have already been uh, painted on the NBA court in Orlando. The San Francisco 49ers raised a Black Lives Matter flag in front of their headquarters a few weeks ago. And today, the Boston Red Sox unveiled a 250-foot banner with those three words on it. Is this a good thing? Well, Wilford Riley is an associate professor of political science at Kentucky State University, the author of Hate, Crime, Hoax, and Taboo. He joins us now. Wilford, thanks for being here.
2: Yeah, good to be back on.
1: Yeah, uh, it's always good to have you. So is this uh, enthusiasm for the Black Lives Matter movement by the sports leagues – and the teams individually, I guess, Uh, is that, is is it a good thing for black people?
2: Um, I would say it's an irrelevant thing for black people. I don't think it's going to be a good thing for the bottom line of these teams. Um, so I am I lean at least slight right politically, and I think if you have a business, you can really do any silly thing you want to with your own business. We see this a lot with the questions about who social media players should be allowed to kick off and what you should be allowed to sell in your store and so on. But right. I mean, I will say two things about this are fairly apparent right from the start. I think that a lot of these brands are relying far too heavily on Twitter and don't necessarily understand the demographics of their fan base very well. I mean, if you look at uh, MLB, that's a sporting league where the fan base is largely male, former athletes, it's more than 70% Caucasian. So I don't really know if having a 200-foot all-black banner for a liberal cause in the stadium is going to do much good for your franchise. The other issue I have with this, just very quickly, is that it seems to be almost totally one-sided. Uh, If you go to the NBA store, like a couple of my buddies did the other day, and you try to get a custom jersey made that says free China or all lives matter or God bless America, that's very, very difficult to do. So what these athletes are going to be allowed to display on their uniforms or on the pitcher's mound is a set list of kind of pre-approved slogans, things like say her name. And I, I do think that's a restriction on free speech.
1: Yeah. Uh, and maybe it was by accident, uh, but is it a great marketing for the organization, As at least as it turned out? I'm talking about Black Lives Matter because it, it causes any white person who disagrees with the organization uh, to be afraid of saying so out of fear of being called a racist. Because it, if you say you, you have a problem with Black Lives Matter – you're accused of saying that black lives don't matter and it's, it's it's I think it's working for them and it's really intimidating people into being a, afraid of saying anything negative about them
2: yeah, I think it's a good, decisive slogan, sure. I mean, and I, I would assume that there was some thinking going on. I mean, a lot of these uh, these uh individuals, like Patrice Colors, came out of the activism scene at a pretty high level or out of the elite universities. So, I mean, they probably discussed what to call a movement and how Twitter hashtagging works and so on. But one point I would make to your listeners about all of these slogans is that there's a big difference between kind of looking paucally at someone who says, Black Lives Matter or All Lives Matter or other things, for example, choose choice in the abortion debate, and being against the broad idea that lives matter or that choice matters. These these have become political statements. So you Mm -hmm. can disagree with Black Lives Matter, the organization, without thinking that, quote unquote, black lives don't matter. I mean, BLM is an incorporated entity, at least if you're talking about the national organization. And if you, go, if you Google platform of the movement for black lives, they support a lot of things, for example, a quote unquote free Palestine, uh, quote, the complete abolition of the nuclear family, unquote, that I think a lot of people would find bizarre or preposterous. So, yeah, they've had some success in branding themselves that way. But no, I don't think that it's a racist act to say I disagree with black lives matter. That doesn't mean you want to kill black people. I disagree with all lives matter. doesn't mean you, you hate people in general. You're talking about organized political groups.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, but but do you think the people running the leagues and the teams have bothered to look into what Black Lives Matter, the organization, really stands for? I mean, the, the people who put not. up the sign today in Boston, do you think that they know? No.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I think corporate wokeness is something that actually really irritates me. Uh, I got into an argument on the Twitters and the Instagrams pretty recently with Wendy's, the fast food brand, because uh, Pigtails said, we wouldn't be anything at Wendy's without black hip hop culture, if I recall the quote. Right. And I actually asked underneath, why is that? I mean, this is a diner style hamburger restaurant founded by Germans. You know, I love my culture, but why would Wendy's be nothing without hip hop? Is this just meaningless, woke nonsense? And They got really mad and engaged me for about 10 lines. But I think in general that corporations are very quick to jump on things they consider trendy. If you remember Occupy, for example, Uh uh, you started seeing slogans like Occupy Bacon. And I don't think they're generally aware of the underpinnings of those movements. I don't think most people in the Red Sox branding office, for example, are aware that uh, the founder of BLM said we are trained Marxists. I don't think they go into that depth. I think they're putting out quick hashtags that make them look woke, make them look like one of the popular kids.
1: Uh, Do you think their insistence on virtue signaling, though, would would make them do it anyway, even if they did know exactly what the the organization stood for?
4: Perhaps
2: and perhaps not. I don't mean to be glib, but in that case, it would probably depend on what they thought their fans knew. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, it keeps getting back to, I don't see the lot. I'm an investor. And from that perspective, where you have a corporate responsibility to your shareholders, your executives, to all the hundreds of people that sew your uniforms, I don't think that a lot of these moves are extraordinarily logical. Uh, Michael Jordan was once asked why he didn't get involved in a race between two candidates he wasn't that geeked about. Uh, A white guy who was accused of racism, I believe Senator Helms, and a far-left black guy. And he just said, well, Republicans buy sneakers, too. Like, Unless I'm incredibly enthused about one of these candidates, I'm not going to take a strong political position. And when you see stuff like this Red Sox move, the most ridiculous to me was Dick's Sporting Goods, where one of the largest blocks of their base is male hunters um, taking all firearms, all ammunition, and all other weapons, which yeah. I guess would mean slingshots and so on, out of the stores. I think that's going to backfire pretty dramatically, and that people are going to patronize that brand less. So I don't, I don't see a positive outcome to a lot of this. Uh, again, they're right, but it's pretty illogical. And, no, I don't, I don't think they know exactly what BLM or ALM or Feminist Majority or any other Twitter you know, frequent group actually thinks. No.
1: Um, you mentioned a minute ago uh, the, the NBA and allowing players to replace the names on the backs of their jerseys with social justice messages. Um, <laughs> and that's, it, it's, I don't think anybody's going to show up with school choice on the back of their jersey or Uh, you
2: probably uh, you probably can't
1: yeah and i mean they're they're gonna have to get permission i don't know how that's going to work but that that seems like a a a real dumb uh, thing to do just because of the problems it can create but um you know uh, nike and the nba have made millions if not billions off of uh, uh, slave labor in china they don't seem to have an interest in drawing attention to that slavery do they Uh, i had um Gordon Chang on yesterday, who's written a book about it, and uh, and China, and uh, he's he said that he said that in China right now, the it's worse than it's the situation with what they're doing with the Uyghurs in in China is worse than what the Third Reich was doing to Jews in Germany before they were exterminated. In other words, being loaded onto trains and taken away and putting into camps, it's more extensive. In China right now than it was in Germany back in the 30s.
2: Yeah, empirically, and you no, don't hear
1: I, a peep about it.
2: Yeah, now you always wonder about comparisons like worse than the Holocaust, but if he's saying worse yeah. than the Holocaust before the, the end of the gas began to flow, unfortunately, that's probably yeah. true. Yeah, in political science, yeah. we're keeping. We're keeping a very close weather eye on what's going on with the Uyghur population. I mean, about a million people were just loaded onto essentially freight trains and shipped to these quote-unquote re-education camps. And it doesn't seem like people are coming out of those camps. At least the rumor on the ground is that people are being worked to death. So, yeah, I think coming back to this issue about American corporate behavior, what you can put on your jersey in the NBA or the NFL is one of a, series, a very limited short list of phrases. It's things like, say her name. Black Lives Matter, Um, you can change your name to say Brown, to represent Mike Brown, I believe that kind of thing. So there's not, in fact, I I would actually support this XFL style, but they are not, in fact, allowing athletes to pick school choice or choose life or any other phrase. I mean, imagine the Bible verses you'd see out there for both white and black athletes. That's emphatically not allowed. So this is the impression of free speech, but it's being regulated by the leagues from the top down. And you're absolutely right. We've seen this with the NBA and their silence on China for a while. I mean, the NBA punished a coach and a star player, a D'Amato and Harden, for criticizing China, remember?
1: So, you know, you're
2: definitely not, you're not going to be able to say free the Uyghur people. And I mean, when I mentioned being, being an adult, being an investor, college professor, one of the things I find when I'm trying to do good, my fiance and I are looking at charities and so on, it's actually hard to get a critical mass of people behind real issues like abolishing slavery. And there's a lot of mm-hmm. slavery in the Muslim world as well. It's not just China, as you know. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to get a mass of people behind that cause, basically as silly as this sounds because everyone agrees. You don't get any extra woke points by saying, well, as an American or as a Christian or whatever, I'm against slavery. So people tend to look for those things where they kind of can stand out. Like, well, I want to defund the police, so I am woker than that. There's, there's yeah, no special yeah. cachet to be gotten from saying, you know, our, our ancient rival needs to free people from slavery. That, in fact, could be interpreted as anti-minority racism, because the Chinese are, after all, people of color.
1: Yeah, and, and uh, we talked about this yesterday on the show with uh, Gordon Chang. This is not um, uh, just – he says it's not just forced labor. And it's it's not um, working for uh, you know it's not like the some people in Central America and Asia are working for two dollars an hour for Nike. This is slavery where people are held in uh, places with barbed wire fences, and they're 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 dragged away from their homes and transported by trains to work in these factories. And the NBA uh, is making billions of dollars off of it. And so yeah, Nike, especially more than the NBA. Yeah, it's it's important to
2: realize, and this obviously isn't a criticism of people of Han descent, of Chinese descent around the world, but it's important to realize that the government of China is a communist dictatorship. Uh, we've okay. been getting a little cutesy with China of late because there's a close business relationship. And, you know, Mr. Obama did this. Mr. Trump's done this. It's It's hard to ignore that kind of a market coming from a business background. But China, I mean, just this year, they were responsible for lying about and unleashing COVID-19 on the world, if we're talking frankly, they just conquered Hong Kong. I mean, there were literally students fighting with longbows and guns on the last buildings to fall. That's not being discussed at all. And they're preparing to genocide the Uyghur population. So, I mean, these are the actions of, uh, to some extent, an evil dictatorship at the governmental level. And, of course, it's absurd to some extent to see the NBA sending teams to China to play the Shanghai Sharks and so on. Now, it wouldn't be absurd, by the way, if the NBA just said, "Okay, we're a for-profit business based around big guys knocking each other around. We're going for the dollar. I wouldn't necessarily mind that, to some extent, although I'd be morally offended. But the NBA is not only doing business with the Chinese and the Arab world and so on. They're doing business with these powerful foreign players while they're talking all this nonsense here. And I think that's, yeah. what, that's what annoys a lot of people, the dissonance, the cognitive dissonance.
1: And the hypocrisy, yeah. Uh, uh, yep. We're talking to Wilfred Riley. He is an associate professor of political science at Kentucky State University, author of Hate Crime, Hoax, and Taboo. i uh, got a couple minutes left here. Are you aware of Sage Steele's complaint that she was – Excluded from an ESPN documentary on race because uh, she says she might not be black enough? you wear that? No. No, that's
2: interesting, though. But, I mean, Larry Elder, who's a guy I'm friendly with and who I think you know in the radio business, I mean, he Mm -hmm. just uh, dropped a movie called Uncle Tom where he looks at the fact that something like 35% of black people identify as conservatives, more than 10% vote Republican. Obviously, I'd like to see those numbers go up. But this is just never discussed, that there very definitely is a perspective that you see in mainstream media when someone is asked to provide the black perspective. And I mean, I'm literally a formerly successful black businessman who teaches at a black college. Like, but I'm not going to be on MSNBC anytime soon, neither is, you know, Shelby Steele or Coleman yeah. Hughes or Glenn Lowry. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if a light-skinned or conservative-leaning or whatnot black journalist was left off a major production, a TV show or a pod. That happens all the time. Yeah, uh, And I it's got, interesting, I again, woke white guys are making that decision, not black guys generally.
1: Right. Uh, i got to ask you this uh, before I go. You're a professor at Kentucky State University. I'm wondering what your response is to uh, what Rutgers University announced today. I don't know if you're aware of this. Here's the headline. What did uh, Rut- they announce? Rutgers, Inc- are you aware? No, I'm not aware, actually. Okay, here, Rutgers English Department to de-emphasize traditional grammar in solidarity with Black Lives Matter. You're laughing, because it's, I mean, I'm a white guy. That sounds really condescending and patronizing to me. Yeah, we ain't we ain't doing that
2: at the black colleges. I would say that, so there are 130 HBCUs in the country, and obviously we can no more engage in racism than whites can today. KSU's 42% white, glad to have both groups. But I, I can tell you we're going to keep looking for that 1,100-plus SAT. No, uh, no plans from the historically black colleges speaking as professor and executive to deemphasize grades or to teach people to write in hieroglyphs or anything like that. And yeah, I do, I do think this is more than a little offensive. I mean, when people say that logical thinking is is a white characteristic what they're saying yeah. inherently is that african-american and asian american perhaps to a lesser extent and so on business people or scholars are incapable of these things and that's completely yeah. ridiculous i mean Genghis khan or Mansa musa's generals didn't make decisions on the battlefield by you know looking at the insides of a chicken or something and math is fairly universal we use arabic numerals come
1: on now yeah well this this says um uh, this is from the, the guy in the english department uh, this approach challenges the familiar dogma that writing instruction should limit emphasis on grammar-slash-sentence-level issues so as not to put students from multilingual, non standard academic English backgrounds at a disadvantage. That's, that's what, This is at Rutgers now. I don't know how much you pay to go there, but if I, were, I think if I were a, a black parent, I'd be wondering about sending my kid there.
2: Yeah, I mean, Rutgers is – this is this is serious business. I mean, Rutgers is a Big Ten university. They rank about eight or nine spots ahead of yeah. us, I and mean, that's, that's a good school. It costs about 40000 a year. I, I do know those figures. I'm a Big Ten guy myself. Went to U of I. Um, I think that the problem with a lot of this woke white stuff is that it allows you to be completely racist while pretending you just care about black people. What's going to happen <laughs> – yeah. If you turn out a crop of black junior executives that start their sentences in a business memo with A.O., is that nobody's going to hire these guys. And it would be exactly the same, by the way, with urban Italian or Irish or Hispanic guys who are never taught to drop that neighborhood syntax. It'd be exactly the same with quote-unquote redneck Southern guys. You don't want Mm -hmm. a banker to walk up to you, you know, belt loose, untalked, you know, speaking in quote-unquote hood vernacular whatever, whether he's black white or hispanic so i think that that's going to put black kids from rutgers at an enormous disadvantage unless they refuse to take that class and say no i won't be patronized give me the traditional english
1: 101 hey hey um uh, wilford i'm out of time i really appreciate you being on always good to have you to get the perspective uh, i appreciate it hope to have you on again thank you
2: you too sounds good have a good one bye
1: Okay, that's Wolford Riley. His books are Hate Crime, Hoax, and Taboo. And we'll be right back.
0: Issues of human suffering and societal injustice play incessantly on every outlet around us. Yet it seems like everywhere you turn, there are more unanswered questions and few honest explanations about why so many of our liberties are under attack. How do we regain order and a sense of normalcy? Find clear answers to the most important questions we face as a nation when you stream Morality in the 21st Century on Salem Now. This on-demand video discussion with syndicated media host Dennis Prager and distinguished theologian Dr. Wayne Grudem gives you a well-defined understanding about the enemies within our institutions and a vibrant roadmap to protect our God-given liberties. In Morality in the 21st Century, Dennis Prager and Wayne Grudem confront the toughest social issues of today by digging deep into religious and political history. And through never before told personal stories provide a clear direction for a visionary future. Visit SalemNow.com to stream Morality in the 21st Century and type in the code Pittsburgh for a 20% discount. That's SalemNow.com.
1: We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows of Us Pittsburgh is no different. This is John Steigerwald. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters and downspouts, siding and, of course, windows, Windows of Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows Russ has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for free repair or replacement. Visit windowsoruspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. From a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty, why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company. That's Windows or Us Pittsburgh pittsburgh.com windows or us pittsburgh.com
5: we're diamond and silk and we have a new book coming out called uprising the awakening of diamond and silk no one we grew up with could have dreamed of what we have been able to accomplish our mother was born in poverty to share profits she was living the american nightmare so for us the american dream meant not only the freedom to find love and follow our faith. Freedom meant not letting anyone else define who we are, what we can do, or who we should vote for. In Uprising, we talk about the world we grew up in and what led us to rebel against that world. And how rebellion led us to speak out on politics and reach millions of viewers, and how you can reach others too. You've seen us. And you've heard us. Now read all about us in Uprising.
3: Uprising by Diamond and Silk. Coming August 18th. Pre-order at Amazon or wherever books are sold. This is the John stacker walt Show on
0: AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer.
1: Well, we told you at the top of the show that uh, Washington, D.C. now, the mayor has come out and said that everybody has to wear a mask at all times. Um, it says she says when you leave the house, you should have a mask on. So I don't know if that means riding in your car. But anyway, uh, some more news here, uh, more related to uh, the, the virus. COVID-19. Uh, President Trump canceled the uh, Republicans plans to have their convention in Jacksonville just a little bit ago. He says uh, the safety of Americans or uh, his priority is his priority. He had uh, they had moved that, you know, from North Carolina to Florida earlier this year because the North Carolina governor, who's a Democrat, Roy Cooper wouldn't allow the rally to take place because he, uh, without some major concessions made to social distancing and all that kind of stuff. So Florida was going to allow the rally to take place. But, uh, today president Trump canceled it. He announced it uh, at a Thursday. I guess they had a press briefing tonight at uh, five o'clock. So, um, He's, um, he's not going to do it, not going to have a, a convention in Jacksonville. So uh, there's, I think the Democratic Convention, it would have been over by now. I think it was last week or whatever. We, it's been a while since the Democratic Convention was supposed to take place. So you got baseball season starting tonight with no fans. You have people in Washington being told they have to leave the House with a mask on. And there will be no political conventions to speak of uh, this year. And uh, it's only July. And we flattened the curve I don't know how long ago. I don't know how long is it going to go on, but it's going to keep on going and going. We'll keep talking about it, and we'll start right back in tomorrow, 5 o'clock. See you right here. Thanks. Bye.
0: The John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem
1: Media Group.